What's up, Syracuse fans? Monday morning, Bones and Brad back at it again. And Bones, we're diving into Syracuse basketball recruiting the Orange in on a key guy for 2024. But do they have an actual chance of landing the five-star guard? Plus, we're going to give you everything you need to know about what Syracuse is actually up to on the recruiting trail. Not just this guy, but the state of the recruiting program. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse. Let's do it. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Monday morning edition of Locked on Syracuse. I'm Brad Klein. He's Matt Bonaparte, and this is Locked on Syracuse. We appreciate you making Locked on Syracuse your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast bones. It is Syracuse Basketball Recruiting Day, officially on Locked on Syracuse. Ooh. Happy to be here. All right. Very so, excited. Very excited. So first of all, before we get into brass tacks, how was the weekend? Are we good? Weekend was good, man. I'm all excited right. to get into this. Uh, I've kind of been thinking about it all weekend. So how about some – this is pretty big news. It's big news. So Syracuse basketball is heavily involved in the New York City five-star Ian Jackson, six foot six, the nation's top five player. Some have him as number two, number three, depending on where you look. But regardless, consensus top five player – in the 2024 class. And now the Orange are linked to him. Whether they've offered, I believe, and and whether he actually comes, we'll see. However, he's in on Syracuse, and Syracuse is in on him. And when it comes to 2024, that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, I will say I get skeptical when Syracuse goes yep. after guys of this caliber. Uh, because they have a habit of saying, yeah, I'll go there, and then saying, oh, by the way, I was totally kidding. I'm not going there. Um, so, sure, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it kind of thing with Ian Jackson, but uh, he is definitely very good. Top five in the nation uh, and in New York, that's a pretty big deal for Syracuse. Ian Jackson, top five in the nation, like you said, six foot six guard. And I'm just going to warn you, this is the type of player that you're going to hear a lot about going forward. This is the next Dior Johnson that's the guy who's going to carry a lot of weight for a very long time when it comes to Syracuse basketball recruiting and the Orange are not the only school in on him some other teams that have reached out UCLA Oregon Kentucky Duke Kansas UConn so there are other teams that can be quote-unquote considered quote-unquote better than Syracuse and more attractive than Syracuse but the pitch for Ian Jackson is a little bit different than what other players might be hearing because you'd imagine that there is an exit strategy for Jim Beheim, and that strategy will be taking place in the relatively near future. So Jackson is being recruited for a different yeah. type of program than we're used to seeing. And you're talking about the ironclad plan. Brad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that Jim Beheim <laughs> and, and the rest of Syracuse Athletics has put in place. Uh I'm sure Ian Jackson's heard about the ironclad plan now that he's been offered and maybe he'll get a visit at some point. Uh, but you're right. I mean, this is a whole new era of Syracuse basketball recruiting with Bayheim potentially out the door this year, next year. I mean, we don't really know when it's going to come, uh, but 
here's the thing. If you can get a guy like this and him knowing that Bayheim might not be around the next couple of years, I think that sets up the program for really exciting uh, future endeavors because you are kind of putting yourself in a place now to to battle it out once again on the recruiting trail with the, the blue blood names like Kansas uh, and like a team like UCLA who's been really, really good as of late. So for Syracuse to put themselves back in that conversation and give themselves a chance once again to be that program that they kind of were uh, in the early 2010s and throughout the 2000s, I think is huge. And you might be asking yourself, okay, who is this guy? A six foot six guard from the Bronx, but what is his game like? Well, Ian Jackson is a scorer, and the passing is going to come. It's still developing. He gave you four assists per game last year, but nearly 20 points and five rebounds just based on his height, length, and physicality. So the frame is there, the scoring ability is there. And to me, Bone, at this age, when you start talking about 2024, 20, a couple of years out, and he is still in the middle of his high school career, I'm really looking at, can he put the ball in the basket? Because a lot of the other stuff can be learned. The passing will come. The rebounding will will just be there by circumstance, by proxy all the time. But if he's scoring at this rate, this early, at this level of AAU basketball, look out. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things I think you should look out for. Scoring ability surely is one of them because you don't want a guy who can kind of only score at the high school level. I feel like we see that far too often where there are players who look great on their mixtapes, of course they all do, uh, and then show up and cannot put the ball in the basket. So that surely is something that you want to look out for. But the other thing is just uh, dimensions. I mean, this guy is 6'6". In the middle of high school, he probably has the chance to grow even more. Uh, maybe put a little bit more meat on the bones. He's like 170, 180 right now. Uh, but if he can get a little bit bigger, I mean, dude, him in the zone would be nasty. And, so, and the funny thing is, I almost feel like we are slightly a broken record when it comes to length in the zone. We keep on talking about that with every recruit that we bring up. It is, oh, you know what? He, with his length, he could probably fit in the zone. That's a good sign that we keep on repeating ourselves because we know what happened very recently with the realignment in focus and the realignment in priority with Syracuse basketball, shooting and nothing else. Joe Girard, six foot one, top of the zone. We've seen how that panned out. The Orange are finally going back to what their foundation actually is. And I don't know. I don't know how heavily involved. Jim Beheim is with a recruit like Ian Jackson or anyone else for 2024 for that matter. But I wonder if this is the secret coach in waiting, whoever it is, GMAC, Red, whoever, that is saying, okay, when this is my program, this is how we're going to play. Just something to think about. Yeah. Um, I like that whoever that may be is going back to that traditional roots of what Syracuse basketball was. Uh, not too long ago, and everybody who listens to this podcast has surely knows exactly what we're talking about. Uh, and we've talked about it on this podcast, Brad, that Syracuse used to be that program that you didn't really have to worry about how many points they were going to score because the opponent wasn't going to score more than 50 or 60 points. So for them to kind of return to the roots in that sense and go back to knowing what they're good at uh, and preaching maybe defense once again is a hugely great sign. And also it's a good sign that we keep repeating themselves because we know that there's a huge uh, array of options they're going after here. Uh, they know that one guy is not going to fix the issue. And if they can go out and get in maybe another class in a couple of years, like the one they have right now, 
uh, things can really change and turn around in the Salt City. We're talking about Ian Jackson here, the 2024 five-star recruit and the number one overall recruit, according to most outlets in the state of New York. But Bones, let's take a time out. I got to tell you about Bet Online here. So Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. The number one source that is. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. It is the primary place that I go. Bet Online, your continued source. All your sporting wagering information, live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online is where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the quote take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Brad, uh, so this guy, a five-star, a top-five player in the country for the class of 2024, hyped up as one of the best guards, if not the best, that there is right now on the market, and he's from the Bronx. This is, I think, crucial for Syracuse to at least make a really good push uh, and, and at least show their faces in this, uh, in this battle. There are a lot of teams with offers in right now. His offer list uh, kind of it's, – it's a pretty interesting list with some really good teams on it. You've got UConn, uh, Kansas, Kansas State, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Seton Hall, St. John's, and UCLA. So some really good programs, and St. John's, one that is probably closer to this guy than Syracuse is, of course, being in Queens. Um, but Syracuse is New York's college team. Uh, and should be going after the best players in New York. So this is something that I'm hugely uh, excited to talk about because they're finally doing that. They're finally saying, all right, let's just look at the best players in this state and let's go get them. So if Syracuse can actually go out and get this guy, because that's obviously the next step in this process, it's actually a conversation. As of right now, I think that Syracuse fans should be at least a little bit pleased uh, that the Orange have shown interest in this guy and at least given him an offer. Yeah, and I feel like, it, it, first of all, it is crucial for you to be able to recruit your own territory. Absolutely crucial. It's not as important as it was back in the day. Technology, Zoom, recruiting has become national rather than regional, right? But that being said, you need to be able to hold on to the guys that are in your ground. So you think of the class of 2022, right? And Jim Bayheim says it's the best class he's ever had and is nearly 50 years on the hill. Cool. But think about what happened, right? Dior Johnson goes to Oregon, originally from Socrates. Kyle Filipowski goes to Duke, originally from Westtown, New York. Baldwinsville, New York's J.J. Starling to Notre Dame. And other guys, too, you missed out on Zion Cruz from Jersey City, New Jersey. That is a guy that typically would be your dude, and he goes to DePaul in Chicago, and then Donovan Klingon to UConn from Bristol, which that I understand UConn sense. is, pardon? That one kind of made sense. It made sense, but at the same time, you need to be in on guys like that. So again, you can't get more local for Klingon from Bristol to UConn, but still, it's one of those things. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut need to be your yeah. states. 
Because remember, it's absolutely not, there. Let's not forget, yeah. Syracuse is the only Power Five team in the state of New York. Period. So, and sure. Power Five in basketball means a little bit less than it does in football. I totally get it. That being said, class of 2022, I feel like they kind of dodged a bullet with how many players they missed out on in their ground. They were able to scrape together a good class. That's going to be very difficult to do going forward. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it dodged the bullets, the right word or phrase, but more like came out uh, with something rather than nothing. Because yeah. for a while there, don't forget that the class of 2022 before Taylor signed, it was kind of a wasteland. It was like, what are they going to do? I mean, this team might win zero game. Obviously, it's an exaggeration. But it really seemed before Taylor signed like there was almost no hope uh, because they seemed a little bit hopeless and, and like they didn't have any direction. I mean, you lose out on so many of those guys. Dior Johnson was such a just cut to the gut. Uh, and then they finally figure it out and they get a bunch of great players to come. Now, here's my question, Brad. Do you do you think it matters whether or not the, the 22 class is as good as Bayheim thinks it's going to be, or at least says it's going to be, or is it enough that Syracuse went out and got so much talent that they'll be able to force themselves back into that conversation and be able to battle the Blue Bloods on the recruiting trail? I'll give you my answer first. I think it will be enough because Syracuse is has a, a, a viscosity and vigor on the whoa, recruiting whoa, trail whoa, that whoa, we, whoa, whoa. we have not viscosity? seen in a while. Yeah, absolutely. They're going viscosity. nuts out there. Yeah, they're going nuts out there. And they haven't you, been doing this for a long viscosity? time. I'm, yes, I'm uh, shocked that Bone just dropped viscosity on us. Uh, hold on, I forgot. What oh, no, no! Whoa, Brad, you, you, you just jumbled my brain. Uh, you have to fail. Yeah, you really are. It's V-I-S-C-O-S-I-T-Y. Yeah. Um, viscosity. Yeah. Sorry, you just you put me in a blunder right there. Anyway, um, you graduated from Syracuse. <laughs> what were you? I can't remember what I was saying. Now you've thrown me You're off my, my beating path. Oh, I was talking about viscosity. <laughs> that's true. Um, but anyway, Syracuse is they're they're recruiting with with a power that we haven't really seen in a long time, uh, and it's kind of sending us back to the days. And we're not quite there yet, but we're at least on the right track uh, of looking forward to the best recruits in college basketball rather than the random uh, Slovakian guys, even though I love Marek, uh, and other random players you've never heard of or never seen play basketball. So Syracuse, as of late, and maybe you're going to blame this on the sanctions, and maybe you'll have a point to that, uh, it just hasn't been the same team in the last 10 or five or six or seven or so years, uh, pretty much through the entirety of the time in the ACC. They just haven't been there. But at least they're on the right track back, in my opinion. Well, okay, so you touched up on an, on an interesting point, and you want to talk about not being the same team, not being the same recruiters. I think moving to the ACC put a real dent in the program from that standpoint, but uh, they still had to move to the ACC. Separate conversation. But Absolutely. you talk about, okay, class of 2022 and how important it is for the class of 2023, especially the 24 class, and I say it is the only thing that matters, really. And when it comes down to it, I don't know how attractive Jim Beheim is anymore to play with. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, but at the end of the day, there are non-Hall of Fame coaches in college basketball sending guys to the pros. It, you don't need a guy like Jim Beheim to tell you where to play in a zone. So I think that eventually he's going to retire. I think it's going to happen quite soon. And when it does, that's not going to hurt the program too much. 
What's going to hurt the program is if the 2022 class flops. And it's going to hurt Bayheim's legacy as a recruiter, for sure, because he has all this hype on the class of 2022, and then he drops a dud, potentially. But right now, like you said, they haven't been the same team. They haven't been the same program. There's a perception around Syracuse basketball. There's a dark cloud over their heads. And the only way to get it out is for the 2022 class to succeed. So it's not That's enough fair. to see all these five, four stars and all this hype around Taylor and Copeland and Bunch and Brown and Mintz and Carey. It's not enough. You need yeah. results. And Syracuse, I think, outside of the hill is kind of uh, the name has not been as respected, especially as of late, than it was uh, just a couple of years ago. So uh, especially this last season, I mean, going under 500 was really tough. Uh, the first time, of course, in the Bayheim era, we've yep. heard that so many times. It was really tough. And to not make the tournament or not even have a chance at making the tournament after going to the Sweet 16 uh, was a tough look because it kind of validated the takes from haters that it's always just kind of the 2-3 zone goes out and shocks people if they can slip in uh, and they can go out and beat teams. And that does hurt uh, because you can't deny that there's probably a little bit of truth to that. So for them to go out there last season and put up the kind of goose egg that they did definitely hurt their chances. But I think it's that much more impressive that the recruiting efforts are able to go out there and be as successful as they were and pull in the kinds of names that they were. I don't know what they said to Judah Mintz when they met with him or what kind of NIL deals they might have lined up, but well, I have I no that. idea. That is illegal, but yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I don't know what they possibly did to, to, to get him to come to Syracuse, but well, there, you've there got to commend the effort. Pitch. There is an actual – first of all, let's not – Judah Mintz is a good player. I think he's going to be a really good player for Syracuse, but he's not a top 10 player in the class. And right now, I don't think many people have him as a one and done. But Syracuse says, hey, we are an ACC team, and we are going to basically allow you to start right away. And that is hard to come by, even for a guy of his caliber. So there is a pitch for a program like Syracuse. It's not the same pitch as it was. It used to be, hey, we're going to compete for a conference championship, and then we're gunning for the national title. That's not necessarily what it is right now. But Judah Mintz, there is a draw for him. I will ask you this: though. Of course, there's a turn, draw for him. Turn the table. You ask that, about you ask about the the GMA importance. Though. You ask about the importance of the 2022 class. I would argue that Buddy Beheim's pro fate is as important as the 2022. That's fair. Because uh, everyone, think... all the 17 year olds, are looking at their NBA futures. And if Buddy can represent Syracuse in the draft, even as a second-round pick, I think that's going to count. I'm going to be honest. I think I'd be shocked if Buddy Beheim got drafted. Um, Me too, but if he does, then that's a game-changer. Sure. I think someone might take a flyer on him in the second round just based on shooting. I don't think it will happen. If Elijah Hughes could. got picked and the other in the thing second is, round. It's not, just, it's not even just draft. If he goes to the summer league, if he gets if signed, he plays well, he well play in the if league. he gets signed, right well, when he goes to the summer league, if he makes it onto an NBA roster, that's going to matter a lot. Listen, uh, I mean, if Tyus Battle didn't really have a shot, I'd be shocked that if Buddy Beheim did. 
different kind players, of. different players. Of and course the they're different thing- players, but but at least Tyus had the athleticism that, or at least he was closer to the athleticism required for the NBA. But he's been knocked so much during this process on his athleticism that he doesn't have that quick twitch that a lot of other players do. Can he shoot the three? Sure he can. And we all know yeah. that and we've all seen that. But is he going to be a liability on the defensive end? Absolutely. And you can't really play in the in the NBA if you're six six and you can't play defense. Yeah, I, I get it. But Syracuse basketball recruiting does, regardless of how you feel about Buddy and his pro aspirations, does lie very heavily on the ability of Buddy Beheim to make it in the NBA. I think that really I think, does matter. I think if he does well, it'll help. But I think if he doesn't do anything, it won't hurt. I don't okay. see why his failure were hurt. Well, I'll tell you why. Because you think about what happens if he fails. If he fails, because in, a, in a weird ex- way. he's not expected to go anywhere. I'm going to explain, though. All right. In a weird way. Consider the 2021-2022 season still going because the team was bad. team was historically bad, but you can still pull something out of it through the NBA draft. And his name is Buddy Bay. Yeah, his name is Buddy Bayheim, right? So if he plays well and if he gets drafted, who knows? And if he doesn't get drafted, he gets signed. He plays well in the summer league, blah, blah, blah then Syracuse can still take something out of that. And right now, the 16-, 17-year-olds are watching on ESPN and watching on ACC Network, and they're saying, man, that team is bad. But if they're able to say, man, that team is bad, and even when they were historically bad, they were able to elevate a player to the point of an NBA deal, that's a big deal, a sure, really big deal. That's what I said, though. If If it works out, it's great, but if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. But that's where you and I disagree. I think it does matter. I think it matters So you a lot. think if Buddy Beheim doesn't go to the NBA, what happens? If Buddy Beheim doesn't go to the NBA, then the perception of Syracuse basketball will worsen. Because not only are they a bad so. team, a sub-500 team, but they're also a team who could not get a record holder in their program history to the NBA. Okay, but obviously the college game and the NBA game are incredibly different. Yes. Uh, and there are plenty of guys who are great in college and aren't in the NBA. I mean, Jerry McNamara is one of them. Um, so I don't see – I guess I don't see how you can lower where Syracuse is at right now if there were little to no expectations going in uh, in terms of what Buddy's going to bring. So anyway, we're kind of sideboarding a ton here. All right. Yeah. Um, so, but- so let's move on here. I, let's turn the table. All right. You mentioned before, and we talked about briefly the pitch for Judah Mintz and what was offered to him, you would think, and the draw for Mintz to go to Syracuse. We're going to put on our recruiting caps here. We're going to pretend do you want to be Autry or do you want to be McNamara? I'm going to let you choose. I'll be G Mac. He's the cooler okay. one. Okay. Although I All love right, so Red. I'll, I'll be Red. That's a cool nickname. Red's and we are cool. going to pitch Syracuse to Ian Jackson. Okay. So you go first, G Mac. Well, I mean, I didn't have any time to think about my pitch here. How on about you fly. go first, Coach? AAU. Okay, I'll go first. First of all, class of 2022 is so good that Judah Mintz might be a one and done. And when he is, you're our starting point guard. Joe Girard is gone, so absolutely, positively, you're going to play right away. Now, I'm going to level with you, Ian. You're a six foot six guard. You're a good scorer. Shooting has not been your number one forte. And Bones here, excuse me, GMAC is going to take care of that for you. I feel like I should be Ian Jackson asking counter questions. 
Okay, go ahead. Now, now you'll be Ian Jackson, then you're going to become GMAC. I'm Red Autry still. I think okay? you should just be both of them. Fine. I'm the, okay. the Syracuse assistant coaching staff. Go Coach, ahead. What about Quadir Copeland? I mean, do I, how much time am I going to have? He's going to have two years in the program. It's a good question, but I think you have to ask yourself, am I a competitor? Am I going to beat this guy out? Now, you can look at the recruiting rankings and see that Copeland's a three-star, you're a five-star, and naturally, I think that you understand that you might be a little bit more talented than he is. We know that you're going to climb that mountaintop early and often, and you're going to beat him out in camp, but we're not going to just give you a job. It's going to be competition. You're going to have a leg up just based on numbers, based on Judah probably not being there and Joe definitely not being there. So you're going to have to compete. Nothing's going to be given to you, but it's going to be a doable competition. You're so you're so professional. It's like you've rehearsed this. I do. Um, it's insane. <laughs> I do this in the mirror every night. I was night. about to say, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> get so many goes in the mirror. Um, all right. Well, Bayheim's likely gone by the time I'm showing up. Like, how much am I going to lose there? Like, why should I come to, to play for you or GMAC? Look, at the end of the day. And tell me the ironclad plan. I want to <laughs> know. The ironclad plan is ironclad. So we're not going to have to. We don't have to talk about that. Just trust me. It's ironclad. Okay. But I think you have to ask yourself, what are the pros when it comes to a nearly 80-year-old retiring? All right. We're asking you to leave your living room, come to Syracuse, it's cold, we get it, and spend 5 a.m.s with us. You want to do that with me, the cool guy, either Red or GMAC, they're both cool, or you want to do it with Krusty Jim Beheim. I get it. Yeah. Uh, there are advantages. Ooh, we're going to hang out. We're going to shoot. We're going to get better. Yeah, we're, we're dissing coach a little bit. No, hey, don't diss coach. <laughs> there's an advantage to be to a bit of a youth movement and a program revitalization. And you know what? It's a new era for Syracuse basketball. You will be the first author of the new chapter. <laughs> Brad, I can't, I don't <laughs> believe that you didn't rehearse this. Uh, well, what an, what an episode that was. And thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. Now make your second listen, the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, the latest player rankings, and of course, big boards. Follow Lockdown NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast, Brad and I will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, there is some Carlos Carlos Del Rio Wilson uh, interview content coming up this week. We'll see you later.